Hey, teacher friends, Noelle here, popping in before the episode to make sure you know about our new math membership, All Access. All Access is a membership for middle school math and Algebra 1 teachers that provides ready-to-go resources that are aligned to the standards, engaging, and rigorous, so that you're not constantly reinventing the wheel or scouring the internet to find the materials you need. We are excited about the community that we are building with like-minded educators and supporting the work that you are doing in the classroom. Now, you might be asking yourself, what makes All Access different? And I think the biggest difference is the new student video library that we will begin rolling out in September. You can find out more about All Access and watch several videos on how it works by visiting maneuveringthemiddle.com slash all dash access. Okay, let's get to the show. Good morning, teacher. I'm Noelle Pickering. On the Good Morning Teacher podcast, we bring practical solutions to busy teachers because you can love your job and leave your work at school. Join us each week to talk through tools and strategies that help you maximize your time and effort both in the classroom and at home. I'm excited to cheer you on as you face the week ahead. This episode is sponsored by Post-it Notes. Make every lesson more engaging by incorporating post-it notes. Students were always pumped when I used them in a lesson, and now science agrees. According to research from UCLA and Carnegie Mellon, students enjoy learning more with post-it notes. It's never too early to start thinking about what you and your students need for back to school. Post-it notes are useful for teachers, from jotting down a quick reminder to creating a to-do list, and they are useful for students. Math teachers, you will love using them as a tool for solving equations, the real number system, and order of operations. Check out maneuveringthemiddle.com slash post-it notes for three hands-on ways to use them in your math classroom. teachers, you're listening to episode number 13. Last week on episode 12, we talked about fractions with Brittany Heggie from Mix and Math. It was such an informative and insightful conversation. If you haven't checked it out yet, you can do so in your favorite podcasting app or by going to maneuveringthemiddle.com slash episode 12. Today, I'm thrilled to have Mandy Rice from Teach on a Mission joining us. Mandy is a 10-year high school teacher who now works with teachers to help them build a sustainable classroom so that they can stay there longer. She's the creator of the flipped classroom formula, and that is exactly why we wanted to have her on today. We are talking all things flipped classroom, and I know you'll have some great takeaways from this conversation. You can learn more from Mandy by checking out our website, teachonamission.com. Let's go ahead and jump into the conversation. Mandy, I'm so glad to have you on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Noelle. Thank you. I'm really glad to be here. This is exciting. Yes, yes. We are really excited to hear from you. Um, So why don't you just share a little bit about your background so teachers listening kind of know where you're coming from? Absolutely. Yep. So I actually am just outside of Cincinnati, Ohio, and spent 10 years in the high school social studies classroom. So a little different than middle school math, but hey, teaching kids is teaching kids, right? Yes, totally. <laughs> so many yeah. things apply. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I taught AP Psychology, American History, 
and a lot of other like electives and like I got to teach kids about money and salaries and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it was it was really cool. But now I actually focus on my business called Teach on a Mission and have been doing that for for a couple of years now because something that really was on my heart and really comes from my experience uh, in 10 years in the classroom and having three children in the process, right? Yes. Is that it all was um, awesome. Like I know that I'm made to be a teacher, but it also was completely unsustainable. I would not be able to keep up the pace that I was at for the long term. Sure. And so what that meant for me was I'm either being mediocre and sacrificing at home, which is not an option for me, Mm -hmm. or settling and being less than mediocre in the classroom. Yeah, no, I definitely think that there is a really high expectation uh, for Mm -hmm. teachers. And, you know, just in your mention, and I know our math teachers, like frequently, there's multiple preps involved. There's, you know, it's, it's very unsustainable. And I think we see that in, you know, the longevity of teachers. Yeah. Um, So, so what were your thoughts on that and kind of how did you address it? Yeah. So that all seems so negative Nelly, right? Like teachers also have this um, bad stereotype that we're also negative and only focusing on the awful things. And that's not really the place that I'm coming from. I'm really coming from a place of wanting to make it better for teachers. So something I did in way back in year two of teaching is flip my classroom. Okay. And almost immediately, as soon as I started, my admin was like, hey, I'm going to need you to help other teachers do this. I'm like, ugh, I haven't even started my own, but okay. (laughs) Um, And it really grew from there. I was presenting at the state technology conference um, and really all about the flipped classroom. And then it kind of dawned on me a few years ago like I could do this. I and it's more than just the flipped classroom, right? I could help other teachers flip their classrooms, but not just for flipping's sake, but for the sake of being effective and accessible to their students, especially, you know, during and post pandemic when all things are changing. Right. But also in ways that are sustainable for them. And that yeah. um that really is my priority because I don't know if anybody else is going to make teacher sustainability a priority. No, I think that's a really good point. So can we back up and just Mm -hmm. assume that someone is like new to the concept of flipping a classroom? Like what does that, what does that look like? Or how could you describe that to someone who's new? Absolutely. Yeah. So think of the traditional classroom, which everybody's familiar with. And this is, I actually never being a math person, like it's the hardest B I ever worked for in all of my years in school, (laughs) like at the high school level and calculus and stuff. Oh my. Um, But math is actually the best class that I use to demonstrate to other teachers how flipping works and how it can be really great. So I'll put it in the math context. Oh, we love that. Okay. Yeah, as I usually <laughs> do when I'm when I'm explaining this cuz it is. It's I talk about this as if, you know, everybody knows about it and some people think it's like a trend. It's like a trendy thing that's going to go away soon. And I, we could probably talk more about that later, but I don't see it going away especially after this school year. So, back to the point. Sure. So, Think of a traditional math class, right? The teacher in the classroom is most oftentimes up at the front of the board, and he or she is demonstrating the formulas and how to work a problem and doing that probably in multiple ways, right? Because kids got to know multiple ways on how to solve a problem now. Sure. Then it's, okay, you model what I just did, and then it's you do a few practice problems, and by then it's, okay, end of class, you have practice problems one through, you know, 
18, whatever it is for homework tonight, kids go home and they do those practice problems. What is generally in isolation, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So the flipped classroom takes those two types of learning and those two environments, what's happening in the class, which is content delivery and really just modeling and initial practice versus what's done at home, which is the messier parts of learning, the actual implementation and doing it on their own and flips where they happen. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to keep going there. Well, yeah, well, I I might pause you a few times. So I hear what I hear what you're saying. And I think Mm -hmm. those are like, you know, really, um, I totally see because, you know, then kids are left to their own device to Mm -hmm. one, like ask for parent support Two, Mm -hmm. just choose not to find support or three, like search YouTube for, you know, (laughs) how do I, you know, blank. So, Mm -hmm. okay. So that that's kind of the foundation of what the flipped classroom is, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Putting the messy parts of learning into the classroom where the teacher is present to help them. Awesome. Okay. So in your experience, what would you say Mm -hmm. like the people that try the flip classroom and like are using it year after year and find Mm -hmm. like a lot of success, what do you think they have in common or what are they doing um, to really keep that sustainability? And, you know, like you said, take hours off of their prep, like what what do they have in common or what do those flip classrooms have in common? Yeah. So, and you're asking in the context of not what brings a teacher to flipping, but once they are flipping, what does that kind of look like? Sure. Sure. Yeah. Benefit. Definitely. Well, I think we're kind of at a time and an advantage as teachers and that Pretty much everybody and their brother who's a teacher has been making videos, right? Sure. And whether those are, you know, super quality or um, videos that you want to be reusing or not, you've gotten your your toes in the water a little bit there, right? Um, something that I do work with teachers on is how to make those those videos really quality so they do last more than just a year, more than just a, a quarter. Sure. Um, but once you're into the flow of things not going to lie, that first year of flipping, much like what a lot of teachers have experienced since March of last year, um, it, it is. It's I don't want to say it's steeped in making videos, but you really are shifting how you use your time. Sure. And so when teachers ask me, but, oh man, isn't it just more work? Not necessarily. Not mm-hmm. necessarily. So I th- I'm going to put this in the context of my classroom. So I was teaching AP psychology. I had four bells of that course and then two others of something else. Mm-hmm. So if I were delivering my my slides, my lecture on social interaction, something like that, I would deliver the same song and dance four times. That took right. me about 30 to 45 minutes per bell um, and did that four times in a row, right? Sure. So let's just call that, what would that be? two hours, right? Two hours almost of doing the same thing. Well, if I take that 30 minute lecture and I put it into a video, it's going to take me less than an hour to make that video. Right, Right. Right. So less than an hour to get the slides done, record the video, do a couple quick edits and publish, right? And put it in Google Classroom or wherever you put it. If you look at it that way, it is less time, Mm -hmm. right? It is less time. And it also makes it to where your class in time, and this is kind of a foreign concept, you as the teacher are available to your kids. During that. Or yes. I'm sorry, not during that, after they've watched the video. Yeah, after they've watched the video and you're in class now because mm-hmm. you've taken the content delivery or at least the big chunk of it out sure. of class time, 
you're now available to your students, literally speaking. You're not t- solely focused on addressing the entire class, the entire bell. Yes. And that I I know and, and I've heard this straight from teachers who have implemented this, they see the relief on their kids' faces. Just because I get to ask my teacher this question and I don't feel like I'm burdening her yes. because she's got 14 other things going on. Yes, yes. And, you know, in especially in middle school and math, like we do a lot of, well, it's really helpful to do a lot of small groups because, yeah. you know, there are so many misconceptions and like just small misconceptions that can really have a big impact. So it sounds like what you're saying is by, you know, flipping your classroom, you're freeing yourself up in that you know, class period where their students are there that makes pulling small groups a lot easier. And it also seems like it would give a lot more um, like interaction and collaboration and those types of things for the actual like, you know, 45 minutes that a a student is in your class. Right. Am I, am I following? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. I think that's something that the pandemic has really taught teachers and it has really taught me as a human being, not just as an educator, that our time is really precious right? Like in March and April when of 2020, when it was just all stripped away, we're like, Mm -hmm. but I used that time for X, Y, Z. And that's so important. And I can't do that now. And now we're walking into some form of new normal, right? Right. (laughs) Like whatever it is that's going to look like. And my hope is that every teacher thinks about the time that they have with their students or the time that they're asking from their students and can be ultra effective with it. Yeah, no, I think that is a really, a really great point. And I think a lot of things this past year have, has, you know, shifted our mindset about what school Mm. looks like. You know, we've had to Mm -hmm. be very creative in a lot of different ways, um, always kind of at the mercy of like what the newest change is. Yes. Yeah. So I think that's hard. Um, But Mm -hmm. I do think that like you said earlier, teachers, we've learned a lot of new tools. And so um, let's say someone is like, you know what, I have learned these tools and I do want to use them next year. What would be like, but they're a little nervous, you know, Mm -hmm. what Mm -hmm. is your kind of, um, what would you say to that teacher that would might encourage them to kind of move forward in that direction? move forward into kind of making it a structural change. In yeah. Classroom, yeah. Let's right? say they're like, you know, you're on the edge, like, oh, yeah, I might like, want to just like dip my toes in, but I'm not mm-hmm. really sure. What would you say or how would you encourage that teacher? Um, well, I've seen teachers and, and I was one myself, my second year of teaching, I dabbled in flipping and did, mm-hmm. did some in some units and some in others, not putting a lot of time and intention and planning into it. And it wasn't great. It really wasn't because it wasn't predictable for my kids. Oh, I, I, yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, and in my flip classroom, when I went for an all, all-in flip, right, mm-hmm. my kids never had anything other than their flipped videos for homework, nothing else. And that was a really comfortable sense of predictability for the students. Um, and they also got so much better at asking questions. Like while they're in class after yes. they've watched the video. That yeah. Um, and it's funny. I, I kind of walk teachers through a few ways of, of teaching kids how to be better flipped classroom learners, essentially. Sure. Sure. Um, one being how to best watch a flipped video notes, but also asking questions. And I'd kind of do it the hard way and say, like, okay, today is going to be completely about your questions. 
So if that means we have to just sit for a moment and it's crickets, so be it. <laughs> now, we don't spend the whole bell there, but right, there's right. definitely ways in getting them to, to ask questions. And it's not just asking questions. It's metacognitive. It's them knowing the holes in their understanding and advocating for themselves of, well, I could use some help here, right? Yes, I need some yes. help filling this hole that I'm not understanding. And that, 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 that's huge for high schoolers, let alone middle schoolers. Like that right. will be huge, huge. Right, right. And when we teach kids to articulate, you know, like you said, advocate, but also articulate what it is. I know a lot of times yes. we hear like, well, I don't know, or I don't understand, you know, but really requiring kids to like, you know, in this part of the video or mm -hmm. in this, you know, kind of, it gives them something to reference, I'm assuming, um, and Absolutely. just allows them to like, kind of pinpoint their learning yeah. like questions. Absolutely. Um, really quickly, another yeah. thing that I would say to that teacher, and really that I've been saying to a lot of folks recently, is that although teachers do have a bit more experience in making videos and really making their content accessible to kids outside of the four walls of their classroom, the flipped classroom is way more than just clicking record. Meaning it is more work than just clicking record. Sure. But the benefits are are also tenfold. Yes. Right. Yes. They also are so much more than just having your your videos done and in and your notes in a video. Right. Um, there's so much more to that, and it's twofold. There's benefits for the kids that I could talk for probably three podcast episodes about, <laughs> <laughs> whether that's differentiation because of one video, mm -hmm. um, the metacognitive self like articulation and advocacy we just talked about so many things but also for the teacher you have to think about what it is and some folks haven't even done this since college if they even did it then you got to think about like what is it that i want my classroom to look like mm -hmm. and we're at a time right now in education where we can take the time to do that because hey it's like the ball's in our court for the sure. most part um, so what is it that you want your classroom to look like? How do you want it to serve your kids? How do you want it to serve you? And if standing up and trying to manage 30 or so humans per bell on one idea is how you want to do that, oh, bless you. <laughs> like, let me know if you can make it longer than I did. Because, man, I, I couldn't do it uh, my first year of teaching. It was just so much. Sure. But if you're wanting to be more of the guide on the side mm -hmm, mm -hmm. where you get to kind of show your students, here's how you're working through the content, and I'm here to help you do that, right? That's what the, that's the environment and the role that the flipped classroom can give to a teacher. Yeah, no, I, I definitely hear what you're saying. And I liked what you said earlier about, um, because I, I always like, you know, to try things and make sure they're um, a good fit. Mm -hmm. Because let's let's be real. Every teacher is different. Every classroom is Absolutely. different. Every campus is different. So not mm -hmm. something that works in one for one person in one situation may not, like, be able to totally translate to your specific situation. So I mm -hmm. do always love trying it. But I think you make a good point earlier when you were talking about just the sustainability for kids and the routine for them and just um, – that how that provides structure for them and then they're learning how to kind of use you as the guide on the side and mm. um, make more use of their time. But I do have a question because I know every teacher is thinking this as they're listening <laughs> and you probably know what I'm going to say. Uh, yeah. um, 
What do you do when a kid <laughs> yep. doesn't watch do their video? Do? <laughs> That's so funny. Um, so, okay, in that like little sentence or what you were just saying there, not just that question, there are multiple podcast episodes of my own that we can talk about some other time that are solely dedicated to those various topics sure, sure. <laughs> that you just talked about. But this is definitely one of them. Um, it's, it is. It's the biggest question that I get from teachers, and it is a legitimate one because you not only want to be aware that that is absolutely going to happen, but you want to have a process in place for when it does happen. And my biggest advice to teachers is twofold. One, absolutely it's going to happen. There's kids in your classroom right now that don't do their homework. Yes. Right? Like, totally. duh. Um, so then what happens, right? <clears throat> You can't make that learning optional. Mm -hmm. And that's not unique to the flipped classroom. That's in a traditional classroom too. And making it optional means just giving them a grade and a zero for not doing it. That is still an option that a kid can choose. That learning is still optional. So you have to then have a process in place of what in the world do they do when that happens and here's why. It's not just so that they get the notes because yes, that is the ultimate goal. But it's also so that you don't have to think about it in the moment. Yes. There's no, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I apologize. I was just going to say there's no emotional judgment coming from you, although you could give them like the stank eye if you want. (laughs) Like, you did what? (laughs) Right? But there's no emotional judgment from you. Like, okay, you know what to do. Go and do it. Right? You have that process, that procedure, that routine, whatever you want to call it. Just kind of like a what you do when you're absent routine for students, right? You have that laid out first day of school, um, so that there's no thinking about it. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing that I, I will say there is that the biggest thing you don't want to do, and this is more class-wide, not just for your kiddos who don't watch the video, but kind of applies to both. Um, you don't want kids to then come into class and you essentially just deliver the same exact material or content to them that they should have gotten from the video. Because even your kids who do watch the video, they're going to be like, then I'm not doing the homework next time if you're just going to go over it again. And we don't intend to do it that way, right? I think where that comes from is we've made the video and it almost feels distant from us because we probably made it like, even if it was just a few days ago, probably a few weeks ago, or even last year, depending on how long you've been flipping. Um, It feel, and I felt this too in my own classroom, it feels distant as if, wait, did I say that? did I mention this? Did I cover, you know, X, Y, Z? And so you feel the need to quote, cover the content in class again. Yes. Okay. And so you really can't do that. You're enabling kids, right? You're almost encouraging them to not use your videos to their full potential. Um, and so that, that's something that I work with teachers through as well. And that it'll be okay. I promise. (laughs) I promise. So, so yeah, that, that's another one. Okay. Well, those are all really great, you know, just thoughts to think through and, um, you know, considerations for if, you know, if this is something that will be a good fit for you in your classroom and um, kind of knowing all the different, um, Mm -hmm. you know, pieces that come along with it. Um, But I love that you made the point that like, that's actually still happening, just looks a little bit differently today. Mm -hmm. So, you know, 
uh, same song, second verse type thing. You know, it's still, it's still, it still is an issue, right? Um, so how do we as teachers handle that? Um, and having a plan for that. Um, okay. So I so appreciate chatting with you, Mandy. I hope this has been given teachers just an idea and some things to think about. Um, if teachers want to connect with you and just learn a little bit more about what you do, um, where can they find you and what can they, what can they check out? Yeah, absolutely. I actually have a teacher workshop coming up. It's all online, obviously, because everything is, right? <laughs> right, right. Um, it's called Three Insights to Flipping Your Classroom, Being More Sustainable in the New Normal of Education. So yes, it's about flipping, but kind of like how I spoke at the beginning of this episode, it's it's more than that for me. It really is more than just, let's make videos together, <laughs> you right. know? Um, But yeah, it's an hour-long online training about the flipped classroom based on my 10 years of experience doing it and helping other teachers do so. Um, And I've got a freebie for you when you show up live. And folks can register for that at Teach on a Mission, Mm -hmm. which is my my company name, teachonamission.com slash workshop. Okay, great. Well, yeah, we they can will, choose the date and time that works for them. Well, we will be sure to link that in the um, episode webpage and great. so that teachers can check that out. Um, thanks so much. I appreciate you, Mandy. Have a yeah, great day. Yeah, thanks so much, Noel. You too. Thanks so much for listening. I really learned a lot about the flipped classroom, and I am excited to continue to learn more about how we can take the tools we've learned this year and apply them so that they are um, useful and help us to be more efficient and effective educators. If you don't want to miss any future episodes, please take a minute to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else you are tuning in. Our Maneuvering the Middle team is loving the new format, and we are hopeful that these ideas can spur you on as you do the good work in your classroom. Your downloads, rating, and general enthusiasm help keep us going. For all of the links, resources, and freebies mentioned today in one easy place, check out Maneuvering the Middle episode 13. I'm Noelle Pickering, and you've been listening to the Good Morning Teacher Podcast. Until next time, friends, make it a great week.